What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Parker Chronicles podcast, where we dissect your favorite films and film franchises. I am one of your hosts, Brett Parker. And over there Hello. is my brother from the same mother, Adam Parker. Are you ready to talk about Bad Boys 2? My favorite of all three. So yes. So good. All right. Well, this is... Uh, if you don't know, this is the Parker Chronicles podcast. As I said in the intro, we talk about our favorite franchises and just franchises out there that we might not like because we've gone through that oh, before. <laughs> um, yeah, so we do this every week. Uh, we used to do it on a certain day. Now we just kind of do it when we have the time because that's life. Um, so before we get to talking about Bad Boys 2 and going through all that fun stuff, I do have a couple of announcements uh, for the future of this show. I always got to make sure that my mic is being picked up. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, so for number one, we are going to have a couple new permanent hosts here on the show. Um, people who will be here for every show going forward. Well, not every show going forward after we do bad boys in review or dissecting bad boys. I don't want to say bad boys in review. Cause there is a show called in review and I don't want to be like getting people mad. Um, that motion just did not look right. Let's, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> this one's not going on the YouTubes. Uh, so yeah, so we will be having two new, uh, permanent, uh, additions to the show. Um, and those additions will be the amazing DNA gaming consisting of our amazing friends, Dan and Aradella. Uh, they, I reached out to them and asked them if they wanted to be a permanent member, like permanent members of the show. And they said, hell yeah. And I am super excited to uh, bring them on board. Um, and it's good. I feel like it's the shows are, you know, as much as I love just me and Adam talking, um, me and Adam do this a lot off camera too, cause we're brothers and we live very close to each other. So we see each other a lot more, uh, than I can see. Like, and I see like Dan and, and Ara who live far away. So they, um, are going to be permanent members of the show. They are going to be here, um, every week that we do the show. And, uh, it's going to be, I'm so excited to have them, uh, as, as members of this show going forward. Um, and it's also a lot better having more than just two people here. I love the, the vast discussion of, of a group of people talking about, you know, one subject. Uh, I think our shows that we did when we did the monster verse and we did resident evil and all and jaws, I think it was, it was, a, I think the shows, I think just the, the having more than just me and another person or Adam and another person talking about one movie, I think having the discussion with a group is so much better, especially when I look online and I, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts myself, a lot of film podcasts, and there's a lot of people in those, in those groups talking. Um, and it just feels, it feels better for me. So, and I know Adam agrees and, uh, it's going to be great, but me and Adam are going to finish the bad boys films, just me and him. Um, and then we will be starting in September. Well, not really starting in September. Cause I think the next, the last bad boys movie will be in September, but, um, 
after we finish Bad Boys, we will be starting Jurassic Park. I'm so excited. Uh, this is a film franchise that means a lot to me, and I know it means a lot to Dan and Ara, and it means a lot to, to Adam as me and him both grew up watching these these films. Um, so yeah, so we have a lot of a lot of cool things going forward. Finishing Bad Boys, we're gonna start Jurassic Park, um, me- meaning we're gonna be doing Jurassic Park, uh, Lost World, Jurassic Park Three, and then we'll be jumping into Jurassic World and then Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. And then when Jurassic World Dominion comes out next year, um, we'll add that to that. But that's a long ways away. We're gonna live. We're gonna live stream in the movie theater. Yeah, um, that's legal, right? That's not what I wanted to do. Uh, yeah, and um, we are also. But then we are also gonna be doing something else. Um, once October comes along. Uh, we are going to stop the Jurassic Park dissection series um, to then switch over to, like, we're going to make October strictly horror movies. Um, It might not be in the same format that we do the show right now. Um, We're going to try to change it up. I got to talk to the members of the show now to kind of discuss what I think would be the best thing to do for the month of October. Um, which is my favorite month of the year. I love spooky time. I love Halloween. Um, and uh, it'll lead right up until the, the newest member of the Parker family shows up at the end of the month. <laughs> back. I just got to grab the package that just got dropped off. That's all right. I got a lot. Of, I got a lot to talk about. So you okay. take your time. Um, oh, God. Inception. <sighs> but yeah, so we are going to be uh, switching it over to spooky movies. Um, for the month of October, and then once that is done, we will be switching back to wherever we left off in Jurassic Park. Also, with the addition of Dan and Ara to the show, uh, I also want to announce that we will be changing the name of the show because of the fact that we're adding them. Uh, they aren't, you know, they're not Parkers, so I feel like it's it's not right to to call the the show the Parker Chronicles anymore with having people coming in being permanent hosts on the show. Uh, so we'll be changing the name. I'm not going to announce what the name is yet because we're still kind of like, we might have an idea, but it's still kind of up in the air. We're still kind of deliberating and we'll uh, hopefully have that announced and a, 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 a make like a, a very, ch- you know, cheap looking probably logo for the the time being until I can get um, a professional logo made up. But, it's exciting. New members, a new a new name for the show. Um, and then also we're going to probably, you know, I don't want to say too much into it, but we're going to be doing a lot more um, things other than just this style of a show going forward. Um, but I don't want to get too much into that as we are here to discuss Bad Boys 2. Released July 18th, 2003. And boy, did this feel like a 2000s movie. Uh, I have not watched this movie front to back in quite a while. I think it's always like on TV and I'd watch like bits and pieces. I'm like, yeah. man, this is great. And then you, you're watching it on TV and like they say they try to say fuck and it's like frick. And you're like, ah, I can't yeah. watch this anymore. I can't I can't do it. <laughs> um, this movie 
had a runtime of two hours and 27 minutes. And boy, I don't know if I really felt it. I don't really like it didn't really feel like it was like I don't there was never a point in time where I was like, oh, my God, this movie is so long. I have a blast with this movie, even though it's absolutely bonkers. Um, this was again directed by the infamous. Yes, I'm going to say it. The infamous Michael Bay. Uh, the uh had a hundred and million, hundred and thirty million dollar budget, estimated always. Uh, and the worldwide box office for this movie was an estimated two hundred and seventy three point three million dollars. So it made back its budget. Um, also, this movie had a hundred million dollars more in its budget than the first one. So the first one's budget was an estimated thirty million dollars. This one just tripled it. It's wild. Uh, all right. Before we go into trivia and the plot, you know how the show goes. We're gonna go. Well, it's just me and Adam today, but we're gonna go and talk about what we thought. So, what I want you to—this is what I want you to, to, to talk about, Adam. What you thought of the what you what is your history with this movie? How you feel about it, and then after watching it again, how do you feel about it? Go. Right. So when I first watched this movie, I was I was young. Not that this is kind of the movie you want to watch when you're young, but uh, I did. And so when you're young, it was I mean it's just action packed and comedy throughout the entire film from start to finish. I mean there's a couple serious parts, but it's just action and comedy throughout so as a young kid it just drew me in i mean it was two things that you love as a child you love funny things and you love explosions and you know stuff that catches your attention so this movie's always got my attention now when i rewatched it and i still felt like a kid um i still think it's hilarious uh the action i mean the action is definitely bonkers but it's you know exciting and enjoyable and like you said from before like it's over two hours long but it doesn't feel like it because it's just there's really no boring parts of this movie i mean like it's like it's just from start to finish there's just crazy stuff happening at, at all times yeah so yeah that's how it, i mean it i still obviously it's not a masterpiece but it's it's what i enjoy and i love it so that's it that's what I feel. Yeah, I think I'm. Uh, I, you know, I'm very. I think we're very biased to this movie because we grew up watching it so much, and it, it's, it's just so ridiculous. But I think the. I think if you had put like we talked about this last week with Bad Boys One, if you had put any two like if you put two different actors into these roles, I don't think it would have worked. Like I think the characters, the main characters, plus some of the side characters, they really help drive the movie, even though. What's going on in the background is batshit crazy. Like, yeah. what makes me not want to go to like, Miami? Like, what? <laughs> what what is also, going on? What What I want people to understand is like, if if I were to put, I guess I could. I'll use the new Bad Boys because it's more in the same time period. Well, not really, but if you were to put like Bad Boys for Life, right, and, and, and Interstellar, for example, next to each other, obviously, I'm going to say Interstellar is a way better movie, right? Like. The work of that is way better, but it, so my take on bad boys and like interstellar, for example, again, is it, they're two different things for me. Like one's like an action packed, makes me laugh, enjoyable. The other one is like, is, a, is an actual masterpiece. 
So they're two different like groups for me. Like I don't I don't put them together when I talk about like how I love this movie. Like I don't put those I don't look at bad boys being compared to something as good as like Interstellar or Shawshank Redemption or any of those. Right. Oh, 100%. I, I listen, I yeah, I mean Bad Boys and Bad Boys 2 are my guilty pleasure movies. Like they're movies I love to like I know I can just put in and enjoy it whatever time, you know, at whatever time, but I would never classify it as a as like my favorite movies of all time. Like they're not like t- at least top five, maybe even top ten. Bad Boys One though might squeak it out. I like I don't know. I think after watching this, after watching Bad Boys Two again, I think I've grown to love Bad Boys One more. I just think it was. I think the farther Michael Bay has gotten into his career, the more batshit crazy he is, and just more like the some of the shots were just. I mean, we'll get to that, but um, I still enjoy the hell out of this movie. Uh, I love seeing actors who are, you know, in this movie were kind of small, and now they are they are superstars. Um, especially like Michael Shannon, who played Floyd, the KKK member, gets shot in the ear. Dude, that yeah. man, he's like probably a bigger actor now, or as big of an actor as Will Smith. Like the Michael Shannon, I mean, he played Zod in in Man of Steel. He was in Knives Out. He's in a new show that's coming out on H or on Hulu. I think it's um, Nine Perfect Strangers or something like that. I mean, he's been in. He's a superstar. Michael Shannon is a fantastic actor. But like this, at this point in his career, this was like no one knew who he was. I know I didn't know who he what he was. Oh, you know who I remember? What I remember him from was Kangaroo Jack. He was oh, the bad guy chasing yeah. after them at Kangaroo Jack, and that was also super early in his career. Where I like never no one put that together. But. No one would have no, no one. I mean, Michael Shannon uh, is a great actor. Uh, so yeah, I, I I enjoy the hell out of this film. Um, it does have some spots where I kind of had to. I was kind of like, oh oh, and it wasn't like what was happening on the screen. It was well, it was. But it was it wasn't like what like what was it wasn't the what Mike and Marcus are doing. It's oh my god, what is what is with this the cinematography or what is with this camera shot? Why is it so shaky? Like I can't. I felt yeah. like it was is it felt like a two thousands early two thousands action movie. It felt like when I was watching certain scenes in like the Resident Evil movies where I was just like oh oh god, it's so shaky and so oh, but uh. Still love this movie, and um, it gets me excited though to watch to to watch Bad Boys for Life because I've only seen that movie once all the way through, and I've seen bits and pieces of it later. But I I think this trilogy is just so wacky, but it's just so good. This was the last R-rated film to be directed by Michael Bay until Pain and Gain, which is another I would say good Michael Bay movie. If you've never seen it. It's got Mark Wahlberg, The Rock, Anthony Mackie, uh, Ed Harris. Great cast. The story is crazy. It's actually based on a true story. Um, but yeah, it's just, it was the last R-rated film to be directed by Michael Bay until Pain and Gain, and the last to be produced by Jerry Bruckheimer, uh, who was a longtime producer, who produced all of Michael Bay's films up to this point, um, as well as the last film that both of them worked on together. Uh, Jerry, Bruckheimer, Jerry Bruckheimer is a... 
huge producer. Um, he produced all of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, National Treasure movies, probably a bunch of other ones I can't remember at this moment. Uh, but yeah, Michael Bay, probably because he looked at Michael Bay and went, you're fucking crazy, bro. And was like, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, in a 2013 conversation with film critic Dan- David Denby at the Hammer Museum of Art in Los Angeles, screenwriter Ron Shelton confessed that when asked by Jerry Bruckheimer to work on the script, he had not seen Bad Boys 1 uh, and quickly fast-forwarded through a blockbuster rental of the film before his, his interview. He also stated that to that day, he has never seen Bad Boys 2. Isn't that wild? Like, you were the man who wrote the script. Or, well, screenwriter is the person who writes the script, right? Well, he's a writer. I'm guessing so. Um, also a thing that I really didn't like about this movie, hated the music. Just, I just didn't, I love the music from bad boys one. Uh, oh, yeah. just that, like, you know, it, it felt like a nineties yeah. movie, but I think it would have been better to, to kind of have something similar, but more modernized. But instead they did what every two early two thousands movie did was we're going to hire a, we're going to hire a hip hop star rapper or somebody to help write our music. And guess what? That's what this movie did. Uh, so one of the reasons that the original composer, Mark Mancini didn't return, Michael Bay instructed him to only come up with certain action beats for the film and not to compose melodic music. Like in the original, uh, unhappy with the, tr- with the decision, uh, Mancina left the project and was replaced by regular Jerry Bruckheimer collaborator, Trevor Rabin. And also, uh, P Diddy helped write the music for this movie as you c- can clearly hear, excuse me with uh what's the song what's the song that they play like 17 times in this movie oh uh the tail feather one yeah Uh, yeah Uh, you you hear that song 25 times in this movie uh megan fox actually played a character in this movie this was her first foray into the michael bay universe and the start of the toxic relationship that they both have with each other um she played a club goer uh, in the nightclub that uh, Alexi owns, the one where the guy ODs. Um, she was only 15. So, Michael Bay, I don't understand why you needed her for this. You could have put her in any other scene. So, originally, the script was to have her sit at a bar and Mike, or it, she was just supposed to be at the bar with a drink, but she was only 15, so they couldn't film her holding a drink. So, they put her in a bikini and they put her over by a waterfall and she is a girl. So if you go, I've never noticed her maybe because I just never ever cared to look. But yeah. I guess she's a girl in a bikini under a waterfall in a club scene. That's kind of weird. Yep. Uh, like I said before, this movie uh, was well over a hundred million dollars more in the budget than the original. Um, and the reason why there is so many more action scenes in this compared to number one is because Michael Bay wanted to up the ante on the action scenes because this was the same year that Hulk with Eric Bana and the Matrix Reloaded were being released. So he wanted to make sure that he out actioned those two movies. I don't know if that's a word, but I just, but that's what I'm going to say. Do you want to guess how many, how many uh, people died in this movie? like actually died or died in just yeah what what's the what the body count is probably like 200 and something you're way off 
Higher? 51. Oh. 51. The body count for this movie is 51. Uh, and, of course, we're, we'll talk about it when we get to that point in the plot, but we'll, I'll state it now. Uh, we get a Michael Bay cameo, if you didn't notice, when Mike and Marcus are trying to confiscate a car to chase after uh, the guys after their, um, their scouting for that boat. And the guys make the exchange and they go chase after it right before they kidnap or they uh, take Dan Marino's car. Yeah. He's the first car that pulls up that so shitty he's car. The shitty one. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's wearing like the, the bull hat. Yep. All right. If we have nothing else to talk about for trivia, well, we're going to, we got some trivia sprinkled in throughout the, uh, the plot synopsis. So hold on to your butts there. All right. The movie opens. Like a typical 2000s action movie, uh, X is being made and we get a terrible looking title card. This title card sucks compared to Bad Boys. I love that like retro cops looking Bad Boys from the first one. This one you get a generic like clip art looking garbage um, that looks like it was made from by a kid in like middle school. I think they taught us how to make something similar to that when I was in middle school. And then we get the the music which is always and then you get the weird music that just doesn't feel right but it's club music so i guess okay uh and p diddy was the one was a music consultant on this film and you can definitely tell he was also a music consultant for the 1998 godzilla movie cool thanks p diddy uh coffins are getting loaded uh with ecstasy so when i say x i put x in my script it's ecstasy that's what they're making um Yo, Tim! Thanks for the 18-month resub, my friend. What's going on, buddy? So coffins are getting loaded with X, and we are brought out to the ocean and dropped in for pickup. We meet Hector. Did you know that this was his full name? Hector Juan Carlos yeah. Johnny Tapia. But we're going to call him Johnny because that's what he's called throughout the entire movie. Uh, he is the antagonist of the movie. Hey, what's up, Spineless? Uh, Coast Guard tries to intercept the operation, but as long as you cover your boat in a black tarp, they can't see you in their night vision goggles. Okay. You know, they're smart. Just let them have it. All right. I'm just, I just move on. Uh, we get to the, my, we get another, the, our second Miami flyover sign or Miami sign flyover. I can't read. I wrote this and I can't read it. The sign is flying. That's the sign is flying, everybody. Just, they took the Miami sign. They just hooked it. I wouldn't, just across it the wouldn't screen. surprise me with Michael Bay, to be honest. <laughs> he did do Transformers. So. Um, so, yeah, we get another Miami sign flyover as we did in the first one. And you'll probably see it again. And we meet Henry Rollins's TNT, which stands for Tactical Narcotics Team Leader. And literally, he doesn't have a name. He's just the TNT leader. But it's Henry Rollins, um, a famous, I believe, what's it? Oh, man, I got to look him up. I think he was a... If anybody in chat knows what Henry Rollins is famous for, let me know. But I know that he was in one of the Wrong Turn movies. Remember those movies? Ooh. Yeah. Um, and they are setting up a strike on a ecstasy drop that is being made. Uh, and it's happening at a KKK rally. <laughs> what, what? Who would have thought? Everybody in the KKK rally is yelling white power. And that's when we get the, 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 the great entrance of Mike and Marcus as they come out of their cloak and they yell blue power, motherfucker. 
Um, before you keep going, up? it says that he started out. What made him famous was a hardcore group called Black Flag. That's right. He was in a band, right? Johnny, thank you so much for the sixteen-month resub, buddy. And that damn emote. Uh, so yeah, we get the cool blue power motherfucker uh, entrance from Mike and Marcus. We get a shootout. A lot of KKK members are dying. Uh, Mike is trying to call in for backup, but the but they can't. The comms aren't working right. Uh, so they 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 just stand there and watch. Clearly, you can see shooting happening. Maybe you should probably go in. But they sit there, and it's just Mike and Marcus. Uh, Mike shoots Floyd, who we, um, I'm going to talk about Floyd real quick, uh, played by Michael Shannon. We talked about him earlier. Uh, they shoots him in the ear and Mike saves Marcus by doing an epic dive slow-mo shot that goes through Marcus's ass and he gets the headshot. So we didn't just get the bullet going in slow motion through Marcus's ass cheek and then into the guy's head. I liked it. I always talk about how much I don't like slow-mo. I love this shot. I love it. I love Marcus's face the most. <laughs> oh! <laughs> uh, TNT has a hard time hearing Mike, as we said, call for backup, and they show up right at the end of the fight. And But guess what? So Mark, so Mike had uh, somebody on the inside about how there was going to be a huge shipment of ecstasy coming in, um, but unfortunately, uh, it was only two bags, and it was only one guy who had gotten a couple bags, so it was a whole waste of time. Uh, they arrest everybody who's still alive and we get back, we get a great back and forth between Mike and Marcus as Marcus is being wheeled through the hospital. Uh, they it's talk, <laughs> what, what, what happened to you? Somebody shot me in the ass. He's like, do you know who shot me in the ass? No, no, <laughs> no one. Rollins also co-starred in the chase with Charlie Sheen. I'm trying to remember if I, I'm trying to think of, do I know what that is? I think I would know if I shot right. you in the ass. Right? The reaction is always... It, it, that's the thing. It's like you get the slow-mo uh, reaction to him getting shot in the ass. It's always great. If you can do slow-mo right, right? Like when we talked throughout the Resident Evil movies, the slow-mo was bad because it was so much of it. But like a shot like this is great because you don't just get Mike doing the epic dive and shooting, but you get the slow-mo bullet, but you get it traveling through Mike or Marcus's ass which then he reacts to it, and then you get the cool headshot at the end. So, like, well done. Bravo. Well done. Uh, so, yeah, they talk about how they both have to go to therapy um, because of the end of Bad Boys 1, which is it's great that they link that to those two things together. Um, and, you know, Mark, I love Marcus's therapy scene because he's, like, talking. She's The, the therapist is, like, are you angry? He's like, I'm not fucking angry. <laughs> but you're making me angry. Ask me all these stupid ass questions. You repeating that I'm angry is going to make me angry. <laughs> oh, and uh, yeah, but then Mike's therapy is not the same. It's just him sleeping I with mean, his. It's still therapy. It, it is true. It's it's Mike sleeping with his therapist. Um. <laughs> And we, that's when we get the the Wusa. That's when Wusa comes out. And I love, I always, I still use it to this day. Yeah. Anytime I, like somebody is in a stressful mood or like I'm just fucking around with somebody who's, you know, who might be getting a little uppity. Usually it's just me talking to myself in the mirror. Um, Wusa. 
it, it's a universal term now. You know, you're feeling a little, you're feeling a little stressed out. Just grab, just rub your earlobes and woosa. Jedi, what's up, buddy? Welcome in. Uh, we'll do, let's see, where are we at? Uh, so now we cut to Club X. And yes, that's what I'm calling it because I have no idea what this club is called. And there is X everywhere. You get the blink, you miss a cameo from Megan Fox, which to be honest, at, even when I watched it this time, didn't notice her. Um, we then cut back to Mike, who calls his uh, contact Ice Pick, who is a, uh, he's a Haitian, who was his, um, it was like the guy on the inside. He was the guy who pretty much told him about uh, the operation that they were getting themselves into. Uh, he told him that he was going to be, a. Uh, he told him that there was going to be a lot more X at the rally, but there wasn't. Uh, so he's pissed. Uh, we go back to the club and we meet Alexi, played by Peter Stormare. Peter Stormare is, he's been in everything. I don't even, I can't even tell you where to start. Uh, all I know is one of my favorite roles of his is probably in Jurassic, the Lost World Jurassic Park, which some of you probably won't even know he was in that movie, but he was. But he's been in everything. Um, he's great. He always plays a, He always plays a great bad guy. And I believe he's been in a couple other Michael Bay movies. Uh, he's the owner of the club, and he's talking to somebody on the phone about a transaction when one of his associates tells him about a guy overdosing on the dance floor, and he is not happy. He just pretty much tells him, go dump him in the street. Uh, and that's really fucked up. Yeah, he's on the phone. He's like, hold on. I got to handle this. Someone yeah. thinks they can OD on my club. Yeah, they my club. OD on my, on my club. Yo, third, what's going on? Welcome in. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I was going to say until dawn. I do remember that. I haven't played that game. Need to. But I do remember that he was in that. Uh, we then get... Uh, uh, we're now at the uh, Burnett house. Marcus is relaxing in his pool wearing what I wished was a Dwayne Wade jersey because Gabrielle Union, who plays his sister Sid in this movie, is married to Dwayne Wade. But... At the time this movie was filmed, Dwayne Wade either wasn't drafted yet or was just drafted by the Heat, so wasn't as big of a name yet. But I thought it would have it would have been perfect if that was the case, if he was wearing a Dwayne Wade. But he wasn't. Uh, Were they even married at the time? No. But I just oh. thought it would, I, it would just been perfect, you know? Um. Sid is visiting. Sid, played by Gabrielle Union. She's visiting her brother Marcus down in uh, Miami. Uh, Mike shows up in his new ride, baby, because every single movie, uh, he's got to have a new car. And in this one, he drives a sexy Ferrari, and he brings a nice donut for Marcus to sit on um, since he did get shot in the ass. I'm doing good, man. Thanks for being here. I appreciate you. I hope you're doing well. Uh... Sid is super excited to see Mike as they are in a secret relationship. Uh, we get an awkward table scene as Mike plays off seeing Sid in New York. Uh, it all ends with Marcus's dog, Mason, pulling down the pool. Mason, fun fact, was uh, Michael Bay's dog, and Martin Lawrence was very uncomfortable performing around him because he was so big. So I thought that was pretty funny. In the credits, he's list literally listed as Mason Bay. <laughs> And he's probably R.I.P. because he's 
this movie is very old, so he's probably not around anymore. He was drafted in 2000. Yeah, I did read that. So it was so it was right in the beginning when he probably wasn't a huge name yet. I just thought it would have been perfect. But this movie was probably filmed. Usually the filming of a movie is usually like the year before it's released. Um, so usually so it probably was filmed in like 2002. Uh, Sid leaves and we meet up with Alexi and his associate Joseph. They need their money counted and nobody can do better than Sid. Is she dirty? Nah, she's just an undercover DEA agent trying to take down Alexi and Johnny Tapia, who we talked about earlier. Uh, there's a lot of money and it's everywhere. And they are, they, how many people are in this room counting this money and they can't count the money. There is so much of this money and it's just everywhere. It's yeah, there. It's not very organized. Yeah. Martin Lawrence is short, so the dog probably... Yo, definitely. Most definitely. Martin Lawrence seems like the type of guy, though, who is like... uh, he. When I watch Bad Boys, all of the Bad Boys, Martin Lawrence, I feel like he plays himself. Like, he is playing himself. Like, the reactions to things and the way he is, that is who Martin Lawrence is. And it's great. I love it. Uh, yeah, so Sid is an undercover DEA, DEA agent trying to take down Alexi and Tapia. There is a lot of money and it's everywhere and they need to be more organized with this money. Uh, as Sid leaves with the money, she's ambushed by the Haitian gang that is uh, and is being washed by Tapia's goons. Uh, Marcus notices Sid and Mike and Marcus. Oh, sorry. Let me rephrase that. Marcus notices Sid and that's when Mike and Marcus join the chase. Uh, we're getting weird slow-mo shots with Mike using a very non-police approved weapon as he does stunts with his very expensive car. I'm driving a very expensive Ferrari. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to drive really fast and then I'm going to whip that freaking thing around and shoot a machine gun out my window. I'm a cop though, remember. Dude, I want (laughs) his strength in his right arm because... I don't even know if I could hold that gun up with two hands. I, I could, but one. Right? Like, what? <laughs> this is so cool. While you're driving? <laughs> In reality, what, Mike. What kind of speed is he on? Right. In reality, Mike would have been fired like years ago. It's like, Mike, <laughs> you can't use these guns. You can't do this. Like, what What are you doing, bro? Oh. Well, it's just like, it's like when she gets intercepted by the, the Haitian. Why? Oh, I don't think it was her gun, but she like blasts that dude with a shot. Oh, we're gonna get to that. That's I love I that like that that shot. Uh, I lose my spot. See, I got this huge script now, and I gotta figure out where the hell I am. Uh, we get a crazy shootout between the cops, the gang, and Mike and Marcus. I guess I could have grouped them in with the cops since they are cops. Sid gets a badass shot off on a guy trying to get through the back window in the SUV she's in. It was crazy. She literally is sitting in her seat. And pumps the shotgun backwards and just, and it's great. I loved it. It just shows that uh, Gabrielle Union's a badass. Uh, That's the best role an actor can have is once that comes naturally to them. 100%. It makes me fall in love with, with that character and that actor because I know that, you know, it's, they're not try, you know, they're not really having to try so hard. You know this movie like the back of your hand. I listen. I do too. I, I, we, me and Adam have watched this movie. I couldn't even 
put probably into numbers. Oh, I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah, that's probably not even a lie. It's crazy. But my, my, my brain scrambles things up, so I, I have to write a script so I know exactly the order of things that happened because I'll talk about something that happened way later and then forget about something before, and it's, it's a mess. So we got this. I probably should put my cursor where I am so I don't forget where I'm, you know, where I am. Uh, Sid escapes and some of the gang members hijack a tractor trailer carrying brand new vehicles. How this tractor trailer goes from zero to fucking fast is beyond me. But the fact that Mike is driving a Ferrari and is having a real hard time catching up, even though, yes, I understand he has to dodge vehicles and stuff, but he should have been caught up with them way earlier. But whatever, we wouldn't get this crazy bridge chase scene uh, if, you know, that was the case. You know, you have to, is it called, what is it, expand your disbelief? Is that what it's called? Is that what you say? That sounds good. Yeah, I know words. Uh, They shoot out, uh, they shoot out of one of Mike's headlights and he is pissed. And he does some insane driving as he somehow can't catch up to this big rig. Marcus shoots out the window, but as he comes back into the car, he shoots Mike's dashboard. And boy, Mike is even more pissed because his car is getting shot up. But maybe you shouldn't drive your Ferrari in a crazy car chase. Uh, the ba- outside the car. <laughs> the back and forth is always great between Mike and Marcus. Uh, it just I love the chemistry between these two guys. They're just it's just so good. It makes these movies work. Um, where I, like I said before, if they put two other actors into these roles, I don't think it would have worked as well. It's it, to me when I watch Martin Lawrence and Will Smith be, uh, you know, Mike Lowry and Marcus Burnett, I it kind of brings me back to the Lethal Weapon days. I it, the, the chemistry that Mel Gibson and Danny Glover have, it's great. It's fantastic. Uh, the back of okay, uh, we have a we get a massive explosion as cars and boats explode. Um, and after everything is over, Marcus and Mike confront Sid about what she's been doing. And she tells him and Marcus is like, I'm telling mama <laughs> and storms away. Great. Love it. But the, yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. No, like I say, like in my brain as an adult, I always watch movies now and I think of like, man, that's so crazy. Like how the hell, like in my head, I was like, how the hell is he not catching up to the tractor trailer? But I'm also, I also have to think. Yes, this is a movie, and this was on purpose. It's Marcus just... is definitely his reactions during this entire chase are hilarious. They're <laughs> throwing cars, Mike. <laughs> was this the same one where Marcus shows his badge? Yeah. He's like, he's like, he's like, yeah. Well, that was that was at the that was at the beginning when uh, the the Haitian gang pulls up beside them. Yeah. And he's he shows badge he's like, uh, don't show your badge. They got guns. Shoot them. <laughs> Like they can't hear you because they they're shooting. So good. Lethal weapon, great. You know that is definitely a, a, a series that I would love to do in the future. Uh, so yeah, so we get our first appearance of one of my favorite characters of this franchise, Captain Howard, played by Joe Pantoliano. I love him so much. Uh, he's pissed about everything that happened on the bridge, because yes, I'd be pissed too if I was the police captain and I literally turned on the news and the bridge going into Miami is just a big giant fireball. And who's behind it always? Marcus and Mike. Uh, He's also about that therapy. He's all about the woosah 
de-stressing himself, but he's still a very angry man. And that's what makes me love his character. I just love his outbursts, even though he's still trying to like, he's doing his Wusan and he just like has an outburst. <laughs> uh, I just love when he's, he's like, you destroyed, I don't know, remember the number, he's like, you destroyed 20 cars and a boat? How did you destroy a boat? Yeah. And Mike gets a phone call about how much it's going to cost to get his car fixed. It's twenty-one thousand dollars to get his car fixed, which is wild. I mean, I understand that car is very expensive, but what? Um, at first, he asked Captain Howard about getting reimbursed. He's like, "No, that's why we have police cars." <laughs> I love that. That's and then he turns to Marcus. He's like, "Oh, you're going to get your money. You're going to get your money." As he stares down Marcus, love it. Uh. Tapia, we then go to back to Johnny Tapia's um, to his very old house uh, and he's got a rat problem as he stores all of his money in the attic of his very old house, uh, which actually belongs to his mother. So the house that this, the Tapia house is actually a museum that has been used in many films, including Ace Ventura and Iron Man 3 and many others, but these are the two that really like caught my eye. Um, and don't you dare laugh at Tapia's daughter, uh, who is adorable, by the way, uh, when, and she's probably my age now. Um, but it doesn't matter if your family, Roberto, Roberto, he's an idiot. Um, Mike and Marcus visit ice pick to get more info from him. Um, as we said before, ice pick is like the, he's the insider, um, and he owns like a, a weird like voodoo shop. Is it a voodoo shop or something? Yeah, it's I, I, just the way he talks and stuff. It seems like he does some weird stuff. Yeah. Like when he, yeah, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Uh, so, yeah, they go visit Ice Pick to get more information. Ice Pick is pretty much trying to play it off like he doesn't know anything. And that's when they do their. Hey, did you know that we're on the Miami PD tandem dance team? <laughs> And they do the, uh, God, they smash for any audio listeners. I just did the dance from the movie. So I apologize, but you could hear from my grunting. You could just imagine it. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, so they smash up his shop and he's like, he tells him about the pink house. Um, and that's where like the, there's a bunch of Haitian gang gangsters there. Um, it's so good. We then go to the pink house and this is where the second crazy shootout happens. And this is when we get Michael Bay's infamous rotating room shot, which is literally the camera. I'd have to look at behind the scenes of how this is, but I'm guaranteeing that it was a track that they made around um, this scene or this set. And then it's just a guy riding on a, like on a, like a track with a camera as this is happening. Cause it's literally, it looks like it's one shot and it's, and you'll see it. If you, if you have watched other Michael Bay movies, the shot is used a few times in his movies. I know one of, one of them is in the movie pain and gain, which is a very bad boys, very bad boys like movie. Um, but yeah, you get it where it's, it's Mike and Marcus on one side and then the Haitian gangsters on the other side. Uh, and yeah, we get the line where uh, the the guy's like, "You're in the devil's house now," or or Mike Mike calls says that he's the devil, and and then they go, "You're," and then Marcus is like, "Yeah, you gotta call yourself the devil in his house," as he's like hiding in a bathroom, 
and then they're shooting at him and he's getting covered in like toilet water. Great. This whole yeah, this he's, <laughs> he's yelling for them to stop shooting. It's like, yeah, just keep talking. They, oh wait, they can't hear you because they're still shooting. <laughs> uh we get uh you know Mike shooting through bullet hole or shooting through already made bullet holes. Um Marcus lands a lucky shot in a guy, and Mike does the cool bullet hole shot where the guy shoots through the wall, and then he goes to peek in, and Mike has the barrel of his gun on the other side, and he blasts him in the face. Uh, and it's now a meme, if anybody's ever seen the meme. Oh, God. It's messed uh, up, but it's hilarious. Where it is... Do you want to build it's the snowman? Do you want to build the snowman scene from Frozen where Anna looks into the peephole and it's Mike on the other side with the gun and then he shoots and then it's the girl from Wreck-It Ralph 2 screaming at her iPad. <laughs> it's so messed up. Oh, man. Lunar, thank you for the follow. Welcome. Uh, let's... One of my favorite lines is coming up. So yeah, so the shootout ends and there is one guy left and that is when we get Mike or Marcus. He's like Marcus is all flustered. He's trying to chill himself out, but he's still like the guy won't give up any information. He like roundhouse kicks the dude and then he's doing the fun thing where he walks over to all the dead bodies. He's like, hey, maybe we should ask him about it. Oh, we can't because his brains are underneath the end table. And then he's and then he and then he turns and it's the guy he shot, but he doesn't know because it was a lucky shot. But it's the guy just standing with his eyes wide open and he's like, oh, <laughs> the reaction, so good. I just love when he's like, uh, you know what we learned from this situation? Dead people can't say shit. <laughs> uh. Yeah, it's so good. Oh, boy. They find it. So then they find a camcorder and they have to go to the uh, electronics store to see what's on it. And that's when we get the electronics store scene where Mike and Marcus uh, go to the guy who's working there. They put it on the, the cam or they put it on the TV, which then gets triggered to all the other TVs. And uh, at first it is incriminating stuff. So they're like, yep, we got it. We can do, you know, we can get some bugs and do all that. But also, uh, but then right after that porn pops up, these two people are just going to town and they goes all of the other TVs. And how does this guy who works here not know how to turn it off? It's like the guy's son, the owner's son or something. Yeah. Can't shut it off. There's porn playing throughout the whole thing. And then a, a recording, um, a, a camera gets turned on in a recording like room. That's where Mike and Marcus sit down and they have a talk. And Marcus is talking about how um, since he got shot in the ass, he can't perform anymore. So he's, he's just not having a good time, but it's being portrayed in a different tone as everybody in the store can hear it, especially this, this woman with her kids who is very, very upset, which is uh, to be understood. Um, he, so yeah, so they, uh, they talk about that and then they find out they're being recorded. They walk out and that's when we get the line from the woman is like, you two motherfuckers need Jesus. Uh, Fletcher is back. They find out that Tappy is the man behind all the X 
being brought in and out of Miami. Uh, they need Fletcher to hack into finding out how to get into Tapia's house in exchange because this is illegal. Um, they're going to get him some Lakers and heat floor seats. Um, and fun fact, the actor who plays Fletcher, John Sally played for both teams in real life. I should state that. Uh, they find out that Tapia's men have a pest control company going to the house, so they decide to disguise themselves as pest control guys to get in. Uh, Mike and Marcus go to the Tapia house and set up wires to record in the house. Tapia meets with Alexi and Joseph to discuss business, but in reality, it's to have Alexi sign over all of his businesses to Tapia. Um, Joseph uh, is asked if he likes wine. He's, he says yes. So he gets brought into the basement uh, to go pick out a bottle of wine. But in reality, he's going to get chopped up and put in a couple containers and put on a table in display for Alexi uh, to threaten him. Um, he still is not threatened to the point where Tapia has to take out pictures of his family and say he's going to do bad things to them, which then Alexi ends up signing everything over to Tapia. Uh, uh, Mike and Marcus uh, get made uh, as Mike discovers the kill room. He literally is wandering around setting up wires and that's when they discover the uh, the the in the kitchen is where they chopped up Joseph because there's blood everywhere and the guy the the scene with the the rats (laughs) Mike Mike, Mike, they fuck like us (laughs) they fuck just like us they're going at it man big motherfucking rats (laughs) The whole rat, the whole rat thing is just great. Um, I just when he finds the kill room, he goes, "You know, I think I found the problem. You're all a bunch of dirty motherfuckers." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they make a hasty getaway. Tapia kills his cousin Roberto because he was the one who allowed them to go into the house, and they let them pretty much see everything. Uh. And I love the reaction after he shoots Roberto and and his mom comes onto the balcony. And she's like, what happened to Roberto? And there, there's like 15 people there. And he's like, he just killed himself, mama. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> she's like, oh, make sure you. <laughs> oh, no, no. Make no, sure you send sure. a condolence or a condolence letter to to his mother. I will, mom. I, <laughs> so good. So good. Uh, they find out info about a boat that helps transport the X and money in and out of Miami. They go and visit Floyd, uh, who is just getting out of jail. Is he just getting out of jail or did they get him out of jail? A hundred percent sure. I think they were getting him out of jail because I feel like he would have been in jail longer than what he was supposed to be. I just feel he wasn't told who was getting him out. Oh, that's right. She's, she's like, send some flowers. Yes. So good. Uh, as they are staking out, uh, oh, and Sid decides that she's going to join in on the stakeout. I forgot to put that in. Uh, as they're staking out, Sid awkwardly tells Marcus that she and Mike are a thing. Marcus is very upset and insults Mike, pretty much telling Mike like he he's a terrible person and he can't be. He's not going to treat her right, and Mike is pissed, especially since you think that they're really good friends, which they are. But Marcus is just very protective. Uh, they witness a drop off and they pursue. They try to jar- uh, carjack a guy who turns out to be Michael Bay himself. But Mike is like, Mike is like, what does he say? He's like, this is a piece of sh- like, can we get a car that's not a piece of shit? <laughs> I can we talk about the conversation though that he has with when he's telling her that they went to New York? He's like, so 
I went to New York and uh, Sid went to New York and we went to eat and sat down. She ordered, they tell me it was like, she ordered this, I ordered that. <laughs> the whole time he's just fuming. Yeah. So good. Uh, so yeah, so they don't take the car driven by Michael Bay. He drives off. And so the next car, which is a 2003 Buick Blackhawk concept car, which would be the first of many concept cars that Michael Bay would use in his films going forward, uh, is being oh, yeah. test driven by Miami yeah, Dolphins, Miami Dolphins great Dan Marino. Uh, and he's great. They just like, Dan, I love you, but we got to take your car. Mike drives. Oh, drive the shit out of this. Yeah, thing. we're gonna we're gonna test drive the shit out of this. Uh, Mike drives uh, too close to Tapia's goons. When I never understood that, and he's like, "Oh, they don't know who we are." It's like you were just in their house. Like you were just in the house. They saw you. Like, all right, dude. Uh, and they get their co- cover blown immediately. They follow behind a van carrying dead bodies and coffins, uh, and then dead bodies just start flying out of the back of the car. They're getting run over, and heads are popping off. It's it's a mess. They crash the car into a building and a major shootout ensues. It all leads to a fight on a monorail and Mike throwing the goon into the monorail tracks, uh, instantly killing him. Marcus makes a funny comment about it. <laughs> what was what, what did he, what does he say? He's about like the guy what? that lost his head. No, the, the we're talking about the guy that gets thrown off the oh. monorail. Shit with that. I, I can't. I'm drawing a blank. It's like third, third will probably know and he'll put it, throw it in the chat. Uh, so yeah, so he makes a funny comment about it and Captain Howard is pissed because there are bodies everywhere and no drugs or money. Marcus is done with Mike and has transfer papers ready to go. Oh, I just love when the dead body's on the, the windshield and he just turns out the wipers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, Mike goes over Marcus's and talks to him about the transfer. This is one of my favorite scenes ever. Um, They have their conversation, but Marcus is very worked up because Marcus, Marcus's daughter, Megan, is going out on a date and Marcus is all worked up about it. And this is when the funniest scene of the movie commences. We meet Reggie played by Dennis Green, uh, who is a tall, scared-looking teen, and Marcus and Mike don't help the situation. Uh, when Dennis Green, who played Reggie, showed up for shooting, he was told by Martin Lawrence's bouncer that he mustn't look into Lawrence's eyes or talk to him, and Lawrence himself was subsequently nasty to him. It was all a ploy arranged by director Michael Bay, who wanted the boy to be genuinely scared of Lawrence. Green also wasn't told about the gun that he would be threatened with. So the reaction of Reggie in that entire scene is genuine. He is scared because he did not know what he was going to expect when they opened that open the door. I love it. It's, it's one of the best scenes. There's some things in it that are not appropriate um, to be, to say, but it's just, it's so good. It's Marcus answering the door as a very protective father. And Mike comes in as kind of like a, a gang banger, like dude who's just got out of jail and he's waving his gun around you know, and, and asking stupid ass questions. It's a hilarious scene. Um, yeah, how old are you? 16. How the fuck do you look third? 
Who's that at the door? Oh, so good. And then, of course, Teresa comes in. It's like, oh, Reggie, I hope they didn't scare you. <laughs> spoilers. No spoilers in the chat third. We're going to talk about that next week. Don't spill spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. Uh... So they get information about um, they, they're going to go to the mortuary that is owned by Tapia uh, and to, to find the drugs and money. And of course, Marcus, he can't handle he can't handle dead bodies. And we know this from the first movie. He's not good around dead bodies and he's all gagging. Then we get our second. We do get our gag. Martin Lawrence gag fest here in this movie of him trying to play it cool. Um, we get some awkward uh, some awkward shots as they like lift the thing and it's the girl with the big boobs and it's like okay, come on man it's a modesty man put it put it down <laughs> i'm like michael bay why is this why did this have to be in this movie <sighs> into the mind of a weirdo uh, mo uh money and x are found in the bodies and coffins as marcus is trying to cool himself off and get some water he accidentally consumes not one but two ecstasy pills uh, Vargas and Reyes, who are the two. So in the first movie, we had, oh man, what the hell were there with the two Hispanic cops names? It was like Sanchez and yeah. Sanchez and Ruiz. So it's so they had to interchange with two new Hispanic cops named Vargas and Reyes. Why? I guess either they couldn't get the actors back or they just wanted to change their names. I don't know. But they are helping. Uh, Mike and Marcus and so Mike and Marcus are the are the leads of the TNT group just FYI I think Mike and Henry Rollins's character are like the leaders of that group so they're going into the mortuary to find uh you know to find all this stuff which they end up doing but um they have to hide because the mortuary workers are coming and so um, Marcus hides in the on the table with the big boobs, dead body. He gets wheeled out. So Mike has to get a distraction. So he tells the two guys, Vargas and Reyes, to crash the ambulance that they are using into the building to distract them so that they can make their escape, which they end up doing. If you tell Teresa, I'll kill you. <laughs> I just love the it's like, I can't I can't have another I can't have another strike on my record. Uh, so they go and visit Howard and it's very late at night. It's like two in the morning. They go to visit Howard and Marcus is feeling something else. He is high Marcus as Reyes. Yeah. He is high as a kite from consuming those two pills. Um, Mar uh, Mike shows Howard all the pics of all the evidence. Um, I just love it. It's the door. Hey, Cap. Hello, Cap. <laughs> yeah just the the way that like mike is just trying to be cool and he's trying to show uh howard the pictures and everything and then mike is or marcus is just high out of his mind he's like talking about feng shui and oh, that is so a nice good. fish you know that's Ain't a fucking eyes but a nice, nice fucking fish. fish he's sitting there with uh, the buddha thing and oh man yeah. it's so good uh they have enough to get tapia um with all the evidence that they got all the pics and then Howard figures out that oh Mike finally says tells Howard that Marcus consumed some ecstasy, and so they have to cool him off. And then so you get the scene he gets out of the shower and he finally is able to get it up because 
he got shot in the ass. He couldn't get it up anymore for his wife, but now he can. So he tells Mike to call Teresa and tell her I'm on the way. Sid is closing the deal with Tapia as TNT and Miami PD, <coughs> excuse me, uh, close in on all of Tapia's businesses. Uh, Lexi also shows up uh, to kill Tapia, which doesn't end well because he ends up running into the TNT members and gets blown to smithereens. Uh, Tapia hearing everything and finding out that Sid is, uh, well, she they first find out that Mike and Marcus are cops, uh, and then they figure out that Sid knows them. So he pretty much Tapia puts two and two together, figures out that she is some sort of authority, and he can and he pretty much kidnaps her. Uh, we get a an epic boat chase, a boat helicopter chase. Um, the producers had to receive emergency relief of the manatee protection laws of Florida Governor Jeb Bush to hold the high-speed boat chase in the Miami River. So pretty much they had to like, they had to like, they had to dive and they had to make sure there was no manatees in the area so they could do the high, because you're not supposed to like exceed certain speeds in that area. So they had to re- receive special permission uh, they get the money, and Marcus, uh, and they're celebrating, and Marcus gets the call from Tapia that he has Sid, and he doesn't, and if he doesn't give his give him his money, she will die. We then also get the second of the the trilogy slow mo shot of both of them rising up after he gets the call, um, kind of a throwback to uh, the first one. Um, what would you rank this among uh, among these shots? Is this better than the first one? I think there's more emotion in this one. Yeah, he's like on the phone. I I I don't know. I'm kind of torn because I love the first one because it's right after like all that craziness happens. No, I, the first one's definitely awesome. I think I just think there's more like uh, I think in the first one they're more like it's just straight pissed off and they're ready. Where this one is like actual like uh sad emotions too yeah like you can tell mike is like scared dead because I, I i'll be honest i think tapia is more intimidating than the first the guy in the first one just because he's for one he's not even like he's part of this huge group that he runs right uh but i think i think they're i think they're both great though yeah they are that's why they need to be in here. And don't worry. And plus I, don't I, worry. I do Spoiler like, alert. There is one of these shots in the third one. I won't tell I you do, where. I do like the saying they do in this one. Like when he looks at Mike and he's like, uh, we ride together. Or we, whatever. Mess it up. But we ride together. We die together. Bad boys for life. Like that just adds yeah. more. Which is the second time in this movie that they say it. Because he says it the first time when he confronts Marcus about transferring. And he looks at the yearbook. And it's written in the yearbook. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, that's what the title of the third film is. Bad Boys for Life. We'll talk about that coming up. Uh, so Sid and Tapia are in Cuba. So the U.S. can't help get Sid back. So TNT members, the DAA agents that work with Sid and a CIA member who has like crazy intel, uh, crazy like gadgets and stuff, um, they offer to help get her back legally pretty much uh vargas 
tells him that he has a cousin Tito who lives in Cuba and of course lives right across the street from Tapia. Um, they get the uh, the scene where they're flying in and Marcus thanking everybody um, for for joining or for helping him out and all that. Uh, we get to the house uh, and that's when they're like, oh, well, I did. We didn't know it was going to be right across the street. <laughs> but we get a cool we get a tunnel that's been that has been built underneath the building that they're they're in all the way to under Tapia's house. Uh the uh, uh the CAA guy uses a very explosive RC car to get rid of the military guys on Tapia's property, and that's when the chaos ensues and a huge shootout happens. Uh, but first, we get the scene where it's Tapia. Uh, it's Tapia looking at the painting that the guy's painting in his house, and it's the the he's like, what what is the what what does this mean? What is the last supper? And she explains the last supper and how it was the last time Jesus was with like everybody before he was crucified. And he's like. Are you fucking kidding me? This is fucking depressing. <laughs> and it's just the guy that the painter is just terrified. Bob, thank you so much for the 19 months. Oh my God. Isn't he supposed to be working? Shh, quiet. Uh, so yeah, we get a huge shootout. Uh, we got a lot, a lot of people die in this. Uh, Tapia's mom uh, gets knocked the fuck out. Um, does she, and, and you never see her get taken out of the, uh, of the house. So I hope she lived. She was a little old lady. I mean, she probably wasn't as bad as her son. Uh, they need to go to plan B and nobody knows what plan B is other than Mike, which he probably doesn't even know what it is either. Uh, they find a yellow Hummer, which I used to have an RC car of this. And I always wanted to, and I wanted to display it back here, but I don't think I have it anymore. Uh, and they drive away as Tapia's house goes boom. So scenes from the movie uh, were filmed at the birdhouse in Delray Beach, Florida. So the house Tapia's Cuban or Cuba house was a real house in Miami. And it was actually a guy's house that was being built. And he I'm guaranteeing he got a lot of money for this. So when you see the house blow up, this is a real house getting blown up. Wait, he's building it just to blow it up? So it was getting built, and I'm guessing the studio paid him a lot of money. Um, it said the man it after they blow it up. Yeah, it said the mansion stood nearly completed and vacant for years before it was purchased. So I'm guessing it was it. You know, they were in the midst of building it. They ran out of money or whatever. It sat there abandoned for a while, and then they ended up buying this to. Um, and it said the new owner advertised in Variety for a movie company to use the mansion in a movie and blow it up. By the end of filming, only the swimming pool was left. Can someone pay me a lot of money to blow my house up? That would be kind of cool. <laughs> we then get the chase scene uh, between Mike, Marcus, Sid, and I actually don't they're, the, they're the only three in that car. And uh, Tapia and his goon. I don't remember what this guy, the guy, his like main guy's name was, but who cares? Uh, they're dry. They got to drive to Guantanamo Bay um, and they get to this really scary hill full of drug shacks and uh, they got to drive through them and it is terrifying. They're driving through. They're literally like, yeah, this is where they pretty much make the drugs and literally it shows a car drive into it and it just blows up and you're like, oh, and then they could proceed to crash through so many of them and this car would have been destroyed by the time it hit the bottom. But 
It's a movie, everybody. Let's not look too much into it. Uh, Sid and Mark, so they finally, they're driving towards Guantanamo Bay. They can see it in the in uh, distance. They uh, they stop right at the, pretty much the fence. They get out. They try to run. Well, Marcus and Sid try to run. They get, they're getting shot at by the, the guards at, at Gitmo. And Mike is trying to shoot the guy who's with Tapia. And then Tapia comes up behind him and puts his gun to his head. You find out that in the sand that Mike or that Marcus and Sid are standing in are landmines. And so Sid gets the bright idea to, as she, instead of putting the gun down, she tosses her gun in slow motion uh, onto a landmine in front of the goon. It blows him up, which then uh, gives Marcus the time to plant a ridiculously good headshot on Tapia. And you don't just get the slow-mo shot of Tapia getting a shot literally in dead center in the forehead, but then he falls onto a landmine and you just get the big, the nice explosion that is just his chunks flying everywhere. Uh, Mike and Sid make out on the landmine filled sand and Marcus reacts as I would. I'd be like, can we not? Can we like move like three feet to the to the left? But it is what it is. Uh, Mike buys Marcus a new pool. And we get a final back and forth between the bad boys because Mike is talking about like he he was talking about his relationship with Sid. But Marcus heard it the wrong way and thought Mike was like going to dump her or something like that, which I thought was funny. And then Mason, of course, the dog, he uh, I don't know why you're chaining your dog up near the pool when it broke the first time because of it. You're kind of dumb. Mason, the dog pulls down the pool yet again. And as they float out to sea, they badly sing the bad boys song. Bad boy. Dude, you really got to learn the words. You don't even learn. Know the words. I will go. I will go to the garbage and I will tape those papers back up. So good. And that is the end of bad boys too. That was wild. Is that this might be one of the shortest episodes we've ever done, which is crazy. Cause we talked a lot in the beginning that had nothing to do with this movie. Uh, all right. Well, since we're done with the plot synopsis, it is time for our rankings. The first ranking are for the antagonists of the Bad Boys trilogy. Right now, the only person on the list is Fouché from Bad Boys. Where does Tapia go? Uh, I'll say this first. I like them both. I, I think they both play the, their part really well, but I, I I like the involvement of Tapia more. Like Tapia, I feel like, is in this movie more than Fouché is in the first Okay. Like, I think his involvement in, I don't know. I personally just think, like, I think Fouché is nuts in the head. Like, he definitely is a crazy person. But I think Tapia is more of that hidden psychopath. Like, he doesn't show much emotion. And so I, I'm going to have to go with Tapia at first. Okay. Yeah, I, Plus, I, his, I, name, his name is ridiculous. Yeah. I think, yeah, he was way more involved in this movie. I think Fouché was, you know, he was in it quite a bit but he wasn't 
like super involved like Tapia is. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it an edge. I like Fouché. I thought he was a good bad guy, but Tapia is just a little bit more. He's a little bit more unhinged, and the fact that he kidnaps uh, Sid and that, that whole thing happens um, is great. And I also love the, the, the like the back and forth he has with the people that work for him because most of them are his family. Yeah. And I just like that better than Fouché. I didn't. I didn't feel like Fouché and his goons all, like they didn't really have a very good back and forth. Where I feel like uh, Tapia did. All right, uh, our second one, at least for this franchise, is uh, the car that Mike Mike drives. So in the first one, uh, he drove a Porsche 911. Uh, is it a limited edition? Is that what you said? Yeah. Or limited. And this one, I, I don't know exactly what kind of Ferrari, but it's a Ferrari. Which one do we like better? I like the Porsche. I like the old school Porsche 911. I gotta, I think, yeah. I, I I gotta agree. Um, they used to have the same Porsche, not the one from the movie, but the same exact Porsche, uh, little Matchbox cars. Yeah. And I used to tell myself it was Mike's, but yeah, I, mean, I love. So. I, yeah, I've always loved that classic. The 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 classic Porsche, so good. Um, I think the Ferrari was cool. I liked the the chase scene more. I think with the Ferrari, but I mean, who doesn't love that final chase scene with the with Marcus punching that Porsche to its limits? Oh, yeah. So good. Um, and as we talked about before, I added the sin. We didn't do this ranking last week, but I figured why not? You know, it's in every single. This shot is done in every single movie, so why not rank them? And we talked about it earlier in the show, but why don't we? We're gonna talk about it again. The epic rise shot of Mike and Marcus rising up after something. So in the first one, it was the rise shot after the, the foot chase um, when uh, Julie gets uh, taken by Fouché. And then in this one uh, is the rise shot after Marcus gets the call from Tapia that he has Sid. Which one, where would you put this shot compared to number one? I'm going to have to put it number one. Like I kind of explained earlier, I like the emotion more in this scene i think they both have emotion but the this one's more like marcus is ready to go he's gonna go unhinged pretty much and yeah. um i like this how they involve the saying in that where mike's trying to you know get him you know level-headed enough to go on this mission and he t- says the famous line from you know bad boys you know we ride ride together we die together bad boys for life so that was I like how they incorporated that in that emotion, emotional scene. Yeah. So I'm going to have to go with this one as number one, even though I think they're both pretty great. But yes, I made that 911 on GTA. Yes. I love what was it? What was the Porsche 911 called in GTA? What was the name of the, the comet? The, was it the comet? Okay. That's I what I thought. Yeah. And the final ranking is. The films themselves. So right now, we only did one movie. Right now, number one is Bad Boys. Is Bad Boys one or two for you? So this is going to be kind of biased because I feel like I watched two way more than one growing up. Like I watched one a lot, but I feel like two was more when I started getting old enough to watch movies and understand them. Um, So with my connection to it as a child till now, I'm going to have to go with two, even though I think I enjoyed one 
way more now, understanding it a little bit more. But I'm gonna have to go with two because two, I don't know, two has always been my favorite since like the first time I freaking watched it. So so I am going to say I like one slightly better. And I think it's because of the rewatch. I think there was just some I like the way that the first one was shot. I love that. I love 90s action movies. It's just my thing. Um, I just love the way they are. I love the music uh, from the first one way better than this one. Some of the shots were just super dizzying in this. That kind of like threw me off a little bit. Um, and I I don't know. Both the, I think the back and forth between Mike and Marcus in both the films are fantastic, but I liked a little bit more in the first one. Um, so I'm going to give one the edge and since we're tied, we're going to give chat the, 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 the way of, of, of breaking the tie and third is saying one. Is that your final answer third? Since you're the only one answering. Or I could put a poll on, uh, on, on Twitter and that can break the tie. You know what? That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put a poll up on on the uh, Parker Chronicles Twitter, which is up here. Dissect that film. So if you're not following that Twitter, go follow it so you can vote. We're going to put a poll up uh, on that Twitter since we, me and Adam are tied right now uh, to see what, what, what bad boys will be number one uh, going into uh, next week. Okay. I like that better. Third, I like, I like uh, your thoughts. So appreciate it. Um, so yeah, so we're going to leave that blank for right now. So bad boys is still number one. Um, well, actually it's a tie right now. So we're just going to, I'm going to put that. Actually, I'm going to do that right now. Do it right now. Sorry for the silence. I'll fill in. But which bad boys is better? We need to break the tie. We're going to do a one day vote. All right. Tweet is sent. All right. <laughs> Tie has been broken. Tie has been broken. No, you guys need to go vote on the Twitter. That's what we're going to do. I originally was going to have chat choose, but you know what? I'm going to have, I want the, I want everybody to be able to cast their vote on what they think is better. Cause to be honest, either one of these can be number one and I'm not going to be upset by it. But in my right now, bad boys one to me is a slightly better film. All right. I, I enjoyed it slightly more than bad boys two. But I love both films. Let's just put that out there. All right. That is it for this episode of the Parker Chronicles podcast. Uh, if, you are, if you weren't here in the beginning of the show, we did make a couple of announcements on the future of the show. And I will gladly uh, tell you again. Uh, we do have two more. We're going to have two new members of the show coming on in the uh, next couple weeks. Uh, the amazing... DNA gaming consisting of Dan and Aradella will be joining us in a couple weeks. Um, and also we're going to be changing the name of the show. Um, we're going to have some non parkers on the show. So 
I feel like the Parker Chronicles just isn't a name we should continue using. So we're going to be changing the name of the show, uh, hopefully by the first episode that DNA will be on. Um, and also we're going to be doing Jurassic Park. The Jurassic Park, the first three movies, and of course the Jurassic World movies. Um, that's the first um, set of films that we're going to be uh, dissecting uh, come not next week, but the week after. Uh, I'm very excited for that. I'm very excited to have them on the show and I'm excited to, um, change it up and get a, a get a new name as much as I, I love seeing, uh, as much as I've loved having the Parker Chronicles be the title of the show. I feel like bringing others onto the show. I feel like we have to be more equal and not the way that this, um, the way that we are right now. And also we're going to, we got plans for the future and what we're going to be doing. We're going to be doing other shows in the future, not just doing the same thing every time. Um, but I'm enjoying doing this. Uh, and I hope you are too. Uh, so this show, uh, will be put on podcast services tomorrow morning. So uh, Friday, uh, at 7 AM Eastern. Um, so if you listen, uh, we are currently on Google Podcasts, YouTube, or Google Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. So if you can't watch it live or you want to listen to the show while you're working out, driving, at work, uh, you can also listen to it there. Um, if you have any recommendations for shows or if you have any notes on things that we might have missed in an episode, please, uh, you can DM me. Uh, over at Dissect That Film. That is the Twitter handle for the show. Um, or you can DM me at Mind of Parker. Uh, also, go go make sure to drop a follow over at Nemesis. His title, his uh, name is right there. Ne- Nemesis Angel with threes. Make sure you do threes instead of E's. And also go follow DNA Gaming, our future, our future host of the show. Um, I'm super excited. Super excited. I hope you are too. Be a good time. Um, so yeah, we'll, we're going to be live next week, uh, next Thursday. We're going to work out a time and then we'll let you guys know. Uh, we're going to be doing bad boys for life. So excited to watch this movie again. Like I said before, I've only seen this movie once all the way through. And it's when me and Adam went to go see it in theaters. I have not seen it from beginning to end since then i've seen it bits and pieces so i'm excited to dive into it um and and yeah and finish and finish this trilogy up and get into uh jurassic park which i'm super excited about other than that i hope everybody has a fantastic week uh be good to each other and um we'll see you all soon bye bye oh wait why am i waving to